Hello, I'm Murray Newlands. Welcome to the How To CEO Show. When you became a CEO, the world changed. You can either crash and burn or you can build an amazing company. But building an amazing company is really hard. We're here to give you the knowledge, advice, the skills, and the expertise to build an amazing company. I'm delighted to be joined by Jason from Stanley Black & Decker today. Um, we're going to be talking about what CEOs need to know about innovation. He has years of experience doing this. I've been super impressed uh, pre-interview with the things that he's shared with me. Jason, please uh, welcome to the show and please introduce yourself. Thanks, Murray. I appreciate it. I'm excited to be here talking to you about this innovation topic. Uh, so my name is Jason Schlachter. I work at Stanley Black & Decker. Um, I am a senior program manager for artificial intelligence, IoT, and experience design. Uh, my background is as a research scientist in artificial intelligence. And over the years, uh, working in, in R&D groups, uh, trying to, to do things that no one else was doing, that evolved into a, a technology capability product uh, business strategy role um, as I sort of escaped from the, the engineering aspects of the job and moved into more of uh, shaping the vision, uh, shaping the projects and the programs. Okay, so tell me, uh, from a corporate perspective, how does innovation work? Are you, are you looking for the um, business heads come to you with a problem? Do you look for innovation in the marketplace? Do you come up with it within your innovation team? What's the process look like? Yeah, there's no silver bullet. And I would say most of the time innovation doesn't work, right? That's the challenge. That's okay. why we're having this podcast and this show, yeah. right? Um, a few years ago, there was a study that said that 65% um, of all AI projects fail. Um, in 2018, I think this was a McKinsey study, they, they mm -hmm. revamped the numbers and they said now it's 85% of all AI projects fail. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say more broadly that number probably represents all innovation projects. Um, I, that's speculation, but I think the failure rate is extremely high. Um, when I worked for the defense intelligence community, mostly at Lockheed Martin, the, the accepted failure rate was in the 80-90% range. 10% um, success was considered you know, amazing. So uh, I don't know that it's that different now in the commercial sector. Um, and so I think that when innovation works, it's usually working because the business is right. Because what you're doing is enabling a business innovation and the business is driving you to enable that business innovation with technology. I think when it doesn't work is when you have technology and you're trying to sell that technology into the business and saying, hey guys, how much AI do you need? I've got some amazing deep learning. Like you would, you would kill the market if you had this deep learning, right? Um, the businesses, you know, will sometimes agree to that. And that's the worst case scenario. Them saying no is not the worst case. Them saying yes is the worst case scenario because then they, they tie up your resources. You build a bunch of stuff that never goes anywhere. And, and you think you're doing something compelling until six months down the road, you're, the business unit you're serving is, is laid off or they, uh, they, they lose interest in what you're doing or, or they say, what a great pilot, you know, thanks for your, your effort and time. So, so that's, that's really the, the, the challenge is to, to make sure that you can inform the businesses on, on how they can innovate with the business model, with a product, with the service. Um, and then you can support that innovation. Um, but, but, very frequently, it's hard to do because the businesses are rarely structured that way. Like I've seen over and over um, at other companies, you know, and, and everywhere I've been where you set up a technology organization and you tell them, you guys are the innovators. You need to disrupt. You need to, you need to change the organization. And the businesses don't want to hear about it. Occasionally, the CEO mandates it, right? And then, they, and then they'll agree to, to have some pet project, right? 
Um, and then the numbers are, are ambiguous. So how do you measure success? Like I have financial targets and I, I significantly exceed my financial targets and it's amazing success. But, but internally, I know that, you know, a lot of this is, is sort of just very subjective and kind of, you know, it's very hard to attribute money back to, to innovation work or to AI. So uh, I, guess, I guess my big takeaway, this is um, make sure that the businesses want the innovation, that, they're, that there's a customer problem they're actively trying to solve, that it's their key priority, that they're putting the funding and the resources and the focus and the time into making sure it's a success if you're going to commit to them. Because it's almost never the technology that fails. Like I've never seen a project where we tried to do something and, and we just failed from an engineering perspective or we failed from an AI perspective. It's almost always the case that we failed to transition good technology or we failed to transition good capability into the business or the business failed to bring it to market. Um, and I'm not speaking from a Stanley Black and Decker perspective. Of course, we succeed in everything we do. I'm just speaking, you know, broadly across my experience. Right. <laughs> That's, uh, that's, that's, that's really interesting. And then um, how do you best then translate? Uh, so if you want to go from the business need, how do you translate the business requirement into a, an innovation project? What does that process look like in order to set it up so it's going to succeed? Yeah, I'd first start by defining a little bit about innovation. Like uh, there's different kinds of innovation, right? You have, um, I think you have disruptive innovation where you're trying to create a new product or a new service and you're really trying to, to create a new line of business. Uh, you have um, efficiency type, uh, you know, uh, innovation where you're trying to, to improve the efficiency of something uh, like a business process or a service. And then you have like sustainability where you're trying to incrementally improve your, 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 your product and, and bring something better to the market. So I think it's going to vary depending on, on, on all those. Um, I think the, the holy grail for me as somebody who wants to do innovation is on the, um, the disruption side. You know, when I look at the sustainability and the innovation and, and, the, and the efficiency side, I feel like the, the best case scenario is that we, you know, we can, we can improve our margins. So if you're making, you know, a billion dollars a year, and you want to improve your margins, the best you could possibly do is a billion dollars a year, right? Um, but if you're disrupting, then the whole world is, is available to you. So, so I think it depends on that perspective. If, if we're doing disruption, um, I think that it's, it's very challenging for a business to kind of throw the requirements over the, over the fence and hope for something to work out. So I would suggest like creating a small team that has you know, all the different functions needed in that team and having that team drive the effort, almost like a startup. So yeah. You might have a, a couple engineers, you might have a couple AI guys, an experienced design person, uh, a business person, a strategy person, and, and they're free from the organizational constraints to really try to drive this and, and, and build momentum and go do things that the company wouldn't normally approve. Like, like go out to a customer and sell them a product you haven't built yet, right? Like that's not something that you can easily do when you're a large company, uh, especially if your brand is behind it and then those customers yeah. come back and say, Hey, where's that thing that you told us you were going to sell us. Right. But yeah. if you're a small company and you're unbranded or you're, yeah. you're able to form this group, if you can do that, there's just so much flexibility. So I think that's, that's important. Um, I also think there's this notion that innovation is going to come from a bunch of MBA grads sitting in a, in a strategy group somewhere off, you know, researching the market and that it's, it's not going to come from the other parts of the business. I think that's a problem. So, um, you know, we have a program here called Innovation Everywhere at Stanley Black & Decker, and it really recognizes the fact that everyone in the company can innovate and should innovate because ultimately 
innovation comes from understanding customer problems and understanding market opportunities. And there's just no way that any group or any person has a has ownership over that fully. So, um, so here, uh, Mike Reynolds has been driving that project at Stanley, and he's been incredibly successful at just creating almost like a, a viral movement where people all over the company in all different kinds of roles and capacities, different education levels are standing up and saying, hey, I've got a problem that I think I can solve or that we should solve. And um, so, yeah, I don't know if I fully answered your question. <laughs> I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's an awesome, uh, that's an awesome answer, actually. And so you put together and where does, so you have your internal teams, but also how, I mean, there are a lot of startups uh, disrupting companies, a lot of innovation people working with startups. How does that scenario tend to work? How do you see corporates working well with the, with the startup ecosystem? Yeah, I think, I think one thing that's critical is to adopt almost like, like two speeds within the company. So when you're a larger company, it's very difficult, I think, for us to engage with small businesses at the right speed because yeah. they, want, they want to move fast, I want to move fast with them, and then we're sitting behind this, this bureaucracy that takes you know, months sometimes to get you know, NDAs and contracts in place right. um, to, to align against priorities, and, and these small businesses are you know, zipping back and forth you know, day to day. Um, so I think having two speeds is important. Having like an organization within your larger organization that can engage at the right speed with these startups. Um, also think having uh, you know strategists and engineers embedded in your in your venture capital arm, you know, or having a venture capital arm is very important. So like for us, I mean, we have a, a venture team and we invest in in dozens of startups that align with our business. And we the other thing we do is we don't, you know, we don't really hold them to um, we're not trying to, to, to make financial gain off our investments, you know, immediately. There's, there's, a, there's just a strategic view, right? We're trying to gain access to data or gain access to customers or, or gain access to a market. So I think having a VC firm or VC arm that's out there investing um, and, and trying to drive strategy is important. That's great. Uh, who else do you see doing a great job in this space? So there's a couple of companies out there that have, have started in spaces that I'd like to be in. You know, if I, if I got laid off tomorrow and it was like, what do I do? There's a couple of companies that have really done things that I think uh, are, are solving, you know, very powerful and, 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 and very like, um, there's a lot of money behind these, these industry needs. So one of them is Drishti. Drishti is a company that is uh, digitizing human activities um, in the industrial space. Yeah. Um, I think that's a really interesting nut to crack because Right now we have industrial IOT um, collecting data on machines and, and we don't do a lot with people. They're using computer vision to try to, to, try to figure out what people are doing in factories. Um, and so uh, they've gotten a good amount of funding. It's in the, it's in the tens of millions of, of venture funding. Um, I know that you know, we've looked at them here at Stanley Black & Decker. Um, I think there's some challenges to their business. You know, there's still challenges around the value and the cost and some of the technical requirements. So, so it's, it's, not a, it's not a solved problem, but I think like this is a space where we're going to see a lot of startups. And I, I really think that, that they're leading that space. So that's really exciting. Um, I also think uh, Page.ai, the CEO is a friend of mine, Leo Grady. Um, they're using um, computer vision to do cancer diagnostics um, through pathology slides. Um, and their key innovation is they're digitizing huge numbers of pathology slides, which typically are not digitized. So it's kind of the difference between having to go to an encyclopedia and look something up versus going on the web and just searching for it. Yeah. Um, and, and, and to me, that's, that's huge. Like I, 
I hope that um, I hope that these companies, like all the all the companies that are trying to diagnose and solve cancer with AI, right. I hope that they they reach critical mass before you know any of us have to deal with it. <laughs> Absolutely. And then uh, I know that you yourself have a podcast. Uh, please share that. Yeah. Yeah. So I do have a podcast. It's called the We Wonder Podcast. Uh, it's We Wonder because uh, we wonder about stuff, and it's meant to uh, inspire, entertain, educate. Uh, it's meant for everyone, not just people who have a technical background or a science background. Uh, and the goal here is I, I want to talk to really interesting people who are changing the world through science and technology. And I want to I want to let everyone understand, you know, why is it that our world is changing? How is it changing? Um, you know, also potentially give you a, a voice to uh, to affect the way it's changing. So um, so it focuses a lot on artificial intelligence. We talked to one of the creators of Siri. Um, wow. It focuses also on. Um, you know, Internet of Things. We talked to the the, the global head of um, industrial IoT for Siemens. Um, Going to be talking to um, a physicist who's doing work for NASA soon. So uh, just a, a, a broad range of, of science and, and technology guests, but really focused on how it's affecting our society for, for a broad audience. Check That's it awesome. out. <laughs> yeah. Do subscribe to that podcast. So we wonder yeah, let me, let, me, let me throw up my uh, site for that. So, um, so just go to, uh, you know, www.wewonderpodcast.com. Com. Excellent. Thank you. And if people want to connect with you, how do they do that? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. That's probably the easiest way. So um, Jason, J-A-S-O-N, um, and uh, Schlachter, S-C-H-L-A-C-H-T-E-R. Uh, look for the guy that's working at Black & Decker. That's me. Um, you can also, uh, you can find me on, um, on uh, Twitter as well. Um, I'd, I'd look at like the We Wonder Podcast Twitter. So it's We Wonder Podcast at Twitter, We Wonder Podcast at Facebook. Uh, we wonder podcast at uh, Instagram. Thank you so much for being on the show. You've been listening to the Hacker CEO show. I'm Murray Newlands. Thank you for subscribing and talk to you next time. Thanks, Murray. Thank you.